0: Up next, voices matter with Francisca Passion. In a democratic society, every voice counts. We are convinced that everyone has a meaningful story to tell. Our new feature, Voices Matter, is a platform to make your voice heard.
1: On Voices Matter today, my guest is Stephanie Rava. Stephanie, we are going to talk about your daughter and about your family on Voices Matter today, and as well about politics. Hello. Hello. Your daughter is nowadays uh, 19 years old and she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes six years ago. Yeah exactly. Yeah. Since then your family and your everyday life has changed a lot I imagine you had to adapt to this disease and to be a Able to better care for your daughter, you have been demanding a special leave for concerned parents. So this would not only concern you as a single family, as an individual, but 300 families in Luxembourg whose children do have type 1 diabetes. And you're also not alone with this demand. You're supported by several associations, non-profit organizations, and doctors as well who have the same demand. So maybe we talk about this a bit later and start by seeing a bit how your family situation is. So what what care does your daughter actually need or now she's 19 what care did she need?
0: Well, my daughter was diagnosed type 1 diabetic when she was 13. At that time, she was admitted in intensive care because the doctors had not diagnosed diabetes. They thought it was like some common disease. Uh, they were sending her back home with uh, paracetamol. Well, he, the doctor sent us back home uh, with paracetamol, thinking it was a common uh, disease, like a winter disease. Okay, like the flu or something. Yeah, the, when when you digestion. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, well, Some some stomach problems or... Yeah, exactly. He thought it was a stomach problem. Like two different doctors said so. Mm-hmm. And how has
1: it then... Um, how did it come that you then went to the right doctor basically?
0: Well, my daughter was at her father's and um, she was feeling so weak. She thought she was going to die. She was telling him she thought she was going to die. And she, she was so, so skinny. She, she'd lost four kilos Well, she was very skinny, before words already. Uh, she was still dancing at the conservatoire. One week before, she took an exam uh, for child's dance at the conservatoire, and she was so skinny. All her body hurt, like her, her bones, when she was doing uh, her performance on the floor. Her bones touching the floor uh, were very painful because she'd lost all her muscles. And so she spent the weekend at her father's and he felt she was going to lose consciousness. And he called an ambulance. They wouldn't come. They wouldn't come. They told him to go by himself. So he put her in her car, but she was dying. So she she was uh, feeling all... Um, like she was feeling heavy and she was really hard to carry so he carried her into his car he couldn't park in front of the hospital because there's no car park nearby so he had to carry her and it was raining it was cold it was in January Um, uh, so he had to carry her all the way to the entrance. And there uh, she fell down the floor and she lost consciousness on the floor. And uh, doctors specialized in diabetes was in the hallway at that point and recognized the, the signs straight away. And she told me afterwards that when she saw the doctors, there were four doctors around her. They put her on a kind of bed made of iron. She felt they were taking her to um, the morgue. Um, She felt they were taking her to where they put dead people's corpse. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Especially when she saw they would take care of her before all the other children who were waiting around her, she had the conviction she was going to die. Uh, and they they inject. They realized straight away he was diabetes because that doctor saw her and he was used to it, so they injected her with insulin. So that saved her life, and after that, it changed her whole life because um, we had to stay with her in hospital for a bit more than a week to learn how to cope with diabetes. It was such a surprise because she's very skinny. She's been dancing tenors a day at the conservatoire for years. Um, so we thought diabetes was only for obese people. And actually, there's another type of diabetes, which is type 1 diabetes, which is an autoimmune disease where her own body attacks her own body and kills the cells that produce insulin. So she needs to inject herself with insulin uh, on a daily basis, like five to eight times a day, uh, so as to replace what doesn't work anymore with her body. So we had to learn all that and learn basically how to count all the carbohydrates from every food she eats to be able to calculate how, how much insulin she needs to cover for the need of the carbohydrates she needs to assimilate, which, which is quite a tough thing. Well, your child wakes up in the morning and starts crying because she doesn't want to, to be sick anymore. She wants to be normal like she was before. And she, she needs to realize that her whole life will be that way, because it's a disease you can't recover from. Uh, she will be diabetic forever. Um, it doesn't depend on the food she had before or anything. So she'll, um, she'll have to str- struggle with that all her life. From the beginning, we stayed for more than a week in hospital 24 hours a day so as to learn how to check her blood sugar during the day, at night, especially at midnight and three in the morning because it's the moment where uh, the body naturally reduces its blood sugar. So it is th- the moment where you have uh, the highest risk of having a too low blood sugar and falling into a coma or something. So um, the doctors were very, very helpful. They taught us that. But her dad couldn't go away from work. Well, I actually called my boss, only left a message saying, I'm in intensive care with my daughter. I have no idea when I'll come back. And he didn't hear of me for uh, the next two weeks. And two weeks later, I contacted them to to tell them I would not be uh, as available as I was before. I was so lucky because I was not allowed any special leave for that. I was allowed the same leave as any parent in Luxembourg, uh, which is, uh, in average, two days a year. (laughs) So the rest you allowed to... For your child when he's sick, is two days a year? It's five days from 13 to 18. Five days as a total, which is like one day a year from 13 to 18. When they're younger, it's an average of two days a, uh, a year.
1: So, your husband actually did he spend these this first week, these first ten days with you in hospital, or he he, could?
0: he couldn't, as he was not allowed any leave. Um, he went to the doctor to to pretend he was sick and the doctor said you're not sick you're not getting anything so he had to go to work he was afraid of losing his job and this is what happens with most people I was lucky I was working for a trade union who were uh, very understanding but most people don't get that lucky and many especially mothers stop working lose their jobs Uh, because it's not only about hospitalization. Once you get out, you need to to be with your child at all times. You need to calculate those carbohydrates every day, multiple times a day. My daughter was 13, but imagine when it's a three-year-old, a four-year-old who has to go to school. You have to be there three to five times a day before they they have something to eat or in case they have uh, received too much insulin and their blood sugar goes too low. Uh, People who work in a school are not allowed to to give medical care to those children and nothing is planned to take care of them at school. So uh, either the mother or the father has to, to go to school multiple times a day to take care of them.
1: So in the beginning, did, you, did your daughter go to school right away after she left hospital? Or?
0: As she was big enough. She went back to school straight after we got out from hospital. Luckily, she was 13. She had a phone. <laughs> She'd take a picture of her meal, send it to me so that I would evaluate uh, the carbohydrates from her meal, calculate. She was doing the same calculation on her side. I called the doctors who were available 24 hours a day uh, for every child. Um, I would contact them, recalculate with them so as to make sure the doses was okay. Because if you inject too much insulin, you can kill your child.
1: So what actually happens if uh, she gets too much or too uh, not enough insulin?
0: If she doesn't get enough insulin, her blood sugar remains too high, and it's a long-term risk. She, she might uh, become blind or uh, have uh, problems with her, the tip of her feet, or well, many people uh, get tough problems when they grow older, uh, when they don't take care of their diabetes properly. So this is the long-term risks when the blood sugar is too high. On the other side when the blood sugar gets too low it is um, an emergency risk you can fall into a coma and well, die uh, so well the the biggest risk is to inject too much insulin so the calculation is very important my daughter's father never learned because he couldn't stay in hospital with us and for the next six months my daughter preferred to stay at home with me because she was afraid she might die up until she was able to calculate everything herself. Like four months after hospitalization, she called me as she was used to doing every, every day for lunchtime and said, okay, ma'am. now I think I haven't mistaken for the last two weeks. I think I'm gonna trust myself and do the calculation myself. At that time, she was uh, 14 already. In a way, we were lucky she was old enough, but this is not the case with uh, younger children. This is why I'm fighting for other parents, for for them to be able to take care of their child, because it's their lives. Their lives are at risk, and it's such a long-term disease. You need to learn from the beginning. You definitely need to to have some time off to learn. So what would it have changed
1: if your husband could have spent this time with you together, with you and your daughter, obviously?
0: Well, he would have learned how to take care of her as well. We we divorced, so she was visiting him every other week. She stopped visiting him. It was such a... um, a tough weight on my daughter to be able to take care of herself by herself. And when she started going back to uh, to his place, she had to, to rely on herself. He tried to learn afterwards, but it was not the same anymore because it was not a 24-hour training. He went back to hospital, the nurses explained him again, uh, but it's not the same, like you need to learn together from the beginning.
1: And how is she doing now, now that she's
0: 19 years old? and she Well, it, if this could give hope to all the parents who have diabetic children, after, uh, she, after she met death and she recovered, uh, she's developed so much happiness and so much thirst of happiness that she's always living her life like she might die tomorrow, but taking the, uh, drawing the best out of it and uh, taking the best of life on a daily basis. Like her life is tough, injecting insulin all the time, calculating her blood sugar all the time. But she's such a happy teenager. She's so... um, shining and bright Can she um, well manage her life
1: and her disease and everything autonomously now?
0: Now she yeah, she manages her diabetes autonomously uh, though she's sometimes going through uh, some uh, a bit tougher periods where she doesn't take care of her diabetes enough she's more into <laughs> partying and seeing friends and loving her school she, she goes, she's studying in a business school uh, so they party a lot <laughs> um, so at the moment uh, she's not taking care of it as well as she should but um, I know this will come back and she will become more serious about it soon Have you been in contact with other
1: people, like with other parents who are in the same situation?
0: Uh, Yes. Um, Many mothers had to stop working. Uh, They had to quit their jobs because it was too complicated to take care of their children, especially for the first year at least. You're not sleeping. You have to get up every night at midnight and 3 in the morning you can't be as efficient at work as you were before. Uh, I mean, I was I was lucky because my bosses understood and I was allowed to go to work later. So I would quite often work during the night and try to cover up for the hours I couldn't do during the day. But most people don't have a job like I did. So um, I know many mothers who had to, stop working and some of them uh, work only part-time now um, and they don't get any compensation for that nothing is forcing in Luxembourg way all our neighbor countries do have something in their legislation for cases like us this
1: is actually what you have been demanding of the government, of the legislators, to put something in place to support these parents, right?
0: Yes, exactly. I've been demanding that for the last six years, but the doctors uh, at the CHL have been demanding something for the last 20 years. Some parents managed to get some compensation, uh, which is a 250 compensation 250 euros. Uh, 250 euros a month. Uh, but the um, Caisse pour l'avenir des enfants decided at some point to give it to some people and not to others uh, without any explanation. And they wanted the doctors to make a difference between some children who deserve it and some children who wouldn't. Well, there's no stage of disease with type one diabetes, you're a hundred percent diabetic. You don't produce any insulin. It's not like obese people who have type two diabetes. It it can comes gradually with them. It's not gradual with children. Type one diabetes is a one hundred percent insulin dependent disease. So that means they're with Type 2 people, well,
1: the bodies do produce some small quantities of insulin. Exactly. And with type 1, it's just nothing.
0: Exactly. Like type 2 still produces insulin, but their body becomes resistant to insulin because their, their body has been tired of not enough sports or uh, too sweet food. Uh, or, well, most often they have gen- genetic basis for that. Uh, While type 1 has nothing to do with what you've eaten before, it's it's an autoimmune disease. You don't produce any insulin. So you can't take medicines that would help insulin um, become active again. You don't produce it anymore. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. That
1: was Stéphanie Rava in our interview on Voices Matter. Stéphanie, together with a number of doctors and rights associations, call on the government to introduce a special leave for parents of sick children. So far, only if the child suffers from cancer, a parent gets a special leave of maximum one year, all the time a child stays in hospital doctors specialized in pediatrics and diabetology have been urging the government to grant this special leave as well to parents of children with other diseases such as diabetes type 1.
0: That was Voices Matter. At Era City Radio, we are convinced that every voice matters. Yours as well. If you want to share your story, contact us at listeners at era.lu or via Era City Radio's social media channel.